Greetings. I'm Kathy Bird, and you're listening to Fresh Art International on Untitled Radio at the Untitled Art Fair, courtesy of Winwood Radio. That's where you can listen uh, live to the entire, every day of the fair. I want to introduce myself and my guest first. Zoe Buckman has joined me. Hi, Zoe. Hello. Hi. Thanks for having me. I'm an independent curator and a writer and educator. I launched a, a podcast called Fresh Art International five years ago, and I've been producing it ever since. I have two decades of experience in the field of contemporary art, and I'm a big follower of conceptual art, public art, and art uh, that has something to say. So I'm really happy to have you here as my guest. Uh, we are bringing you this radio show daily uh, from November 30th to 4th of December. And our studio is airborne. We're over 10 feet above the floor of the fair. So we have somewhat of a bird's eye view. We kind of feel a little breeze, a little wave of the platform. And I want to tell you about the structure because it's really interesting. I don't know how many shows have had the chance to describe this experience, but it's a hybrid <clears throat> it's a hybrid structure designed by Paul Armenta, Alois Kronschlager, and Ted Lott. And it's a collaboration between Sight Lab in partnership with DisArt. Um, and DisArt is doing a regular show every day at the fair as well. Again, we're broadcasting live on Winwood Radio. And my guest, Zoe Buckman, is British-born, lives and works in New York. She explores and often marries masculine and feminine iconography in her work. And she's super interested in women's rights sex education, health care, and positivity for women, positive uh, feelings of strength for women. I believe that's something that's really important yeah. to you, Zoe. Yeah. And we have seen in the reportage of Art Week in Miami this year lots of commentary about the politics that surround the art world and that are bringing a lot of comments from artists and you have a piece in Pulse Art Fair called Champ that's gotten a lot of attention mm -hmm. and let's talk about that piece and what it means what it let's describe it first for people who haven't been able to see it yet yeah. <clears throat> so it's um it's a neon sculpture it hangs from the ceiling it's totally three-dimensional and it's purple neon and it's um it's basically a uterus. It's the outline of the female reproductive um, system. But where the ovaries are, I've placed um, boxing gloves. Um, the piece, it's... Uh, people derive different meanings from the piece. I've had lots of um, different readings from different women saying, I feel like this is about rape. I feel like this is about women's rights. I feel like this is about my period. I feel like this is about polycystic ovaries. I feel like this is about trying to get pregnant. Um, so that's super rewarding for me for the work to be received in a bunch of different ways. Um, I think it's interesting because the boxing gloves have such a physical and weight, a volume to them and then the neon is so delicate, a line yeah. work and 
yet it really for me portrays in a way the power of women's fertility yeah um, I actually I intended it that way um, and also to illustrate the fact that we're very much in fight mode right now Um, as women here I'm I'm now an American citizen so I consider this my country this is my chosen country and um, I'm very concerned about um, the war on women right now the fight for our reproductive rights, the fight for our rights and access to sexual health care, as well as obviously equal pay and just general equality. Um, it's incredibly worrying. Uh, I started to make this body of work. It's called Mostly It's Just Uncomfortable. Um, I started to make it a couple of years ago, around when both parties were starting to heat up for the election. And there was a lot of talk about abortion and about Planned Parenthood. And I've lived here for three election cycles now. And it always infuriates me how this is just a repetitive debate and conversation. And in the run-up to an election, you hear all types of crazy statements and arguments from you know, some of the Republican officials. Um, and I guess this time around, I was like, I, I can't not make work about it. So I started to um, create these small sculptural entities, these gynecological surgical instruments, and I was powder coating them and just kind of vibing and seeing how, how that work was coming along. And at the very same time, a friend of mine suggested that I learn how to box. Yes, well, let's talk about yeah. that. You have your own boxing practice. I do. I have um, I have quite a religious boxing practice. I went this morning even on a hangover here in Miami. Um, where do you practice really, in New York? Where you, I practice your... at Church Street Boxing Gym, which is downtown. And I, saw, I noticed that you did a performance project there during Freeze this fall. Tell yeah. me about that. What, yeah, what that, took place was, there? Um, that was for an organization called The Cultivist, and they wanted to use the boxing ring as a stage for performance, but they wanted to use artists who don't typically incorporate performance into their artwork so that it felt, I guess, new and and unexpected and different. And they know it was curated by um, a woman called Joey Lico and an artist called Cheryl Pope, who's amazing. I know Cheryl, and she's a boxer. Yes, she's a boxer. She is an amazing boxer. She's got skills that that I'm powerful enough to mine. I have a podcast episode with her oh, you do? where the project that she performed during Art Basel two years ago, uh-huh. and it's a gorgeous, gorgeous piece, the sound of her boxing water balloons, yeah. a yeah. whole field of them. It was gorgeous. Yeah, she's amazing. So she was the instigator. So she, yeah, she curated it with a friend of mine called Joey Lico, and they reached out to me and said, can you do a performance in the ring? And I was like, ah, I don't know, I don't really do that. I do write, I write poetry and spoken word pieces, but I never really intended to actually speak them myself. And um, they pushed me to do it, and um, and I did. And, and the reception was unexpectedly amazing, and, and it's something that um, I'm being encouraged to experiment more with. Well, let's listen to that piece. Oh, you want the to? Spoken okay. word piece from it's called Swamiji. Swamiji, yeah. Swamiji from 2016. When I started boxing, um, I was learning obviously how to defend myself, how to defend my body, and and then how to use my body to 
cause harm on other people, which is why I decided to bring boxing into my practice at that time because I felt very much under threat. Again, as I was saying, as women in this country, in this political climate, I felt like we're under attack. Um, so the boxing started to feed into my artistic practice. And then it also reminded me, when I, I was sparring, um, and it reminded me of certain times in my life that I've been fighting, whether actually physically fighting or um, emotionally, um, you know, discursively fighting. And um, it reminded me of this exchange I had with this Hindu spiritual leader. Uh, his name was Swamiji. And he came from India to New York to give a talk that I attended. I was super excited to hear him speak. And it turned out that I found him to be the most racist, sexist, xenophobic man I've ever actually met. And so shocking. Shocking. And, um, and the day, uh, a day later, I had a one-on-one -on -one sit down with him and we ended up for about two hours going round after round arguing and it got quite heated um, and I was challenging him I didn't intend to but I ended up challenging him because I couldn't stand what he was saying and um, so the the poems really about that and it was also happened to be um, it happened to take place this this fight happened to take place a week after I had actually terminated a pregnancy so it was it was just a, it was a weird, difficult time. And a very the fraught, pieces, a fraught moment yeah, for you emotionally. Exactly. And then I end up, um, you know, discussing women's rights with someone and having to then, you know, argue for them after having just been through that. So, so that's what the, the piece is about. The sluggish Swami sat slumped on my brethren's sofa just south of 117th Street. Dressed in orange puma gear, his chubby upper lip was sprinkled with wispy hairs that I'm sure were feeling quite scared of this chilly January blitz. He looked about 19. He looked bored. He looked like he was less than keen. But he asked me why I'd come to see him, and I decided to yet again be ingratiating. Why? Because he was in all orange and I was in jeans. Cha, you should know better, Buckman, I say to myself whenever I replay this fucking scene. So I sit there. And I tried to respectfully explain that I found some of yesterday's talk difficult to maintain. I mean, amazing, of course, what with him being so wise and well-taught and us being so keen and hungry for the knowledge and so pleased that he's come to visit us and chosen our group of enthusiasts to impart some of his wisdom to. Of course, I am honoured, Swamiji, I said, but I do. I do find some of it hard to wrap my head around because, of course, I'm a woman. A Western woman and I'm afforded certain freedoms and so it's difficult for me to receive some of the teachings you were teaching you see because well some of them Swamiji just some of them sort of seem to pitch women below men that's all really I mean respectfully and then the sluggish Swami leant forward and began to recite what I can only call the most racist sexist xenophobic rhetoric I've ever heard anyone spit in the flesh like, yeah, I've read backward shit and I've seen it on the telly and all the rest, but I've never sat inches away from someone who was actually trying to say that in his village, women must stay in the home or else they'll be raped by Muslims. And whilst in the home, it's better for them to cook and clean because women can't possibly receive the same spiritual fruit as men because they bleed. 
each month and a pain in the menstrual cycle is not conducive to learning the Vedas, which is basically the Hindu Bible. And because I am my mother's daughter, and because I am my grandmother's granddaughter, and because I'm my father's daughter, and because I'm my daughter's mother, and because I am sister to my brothers, I challenged him. Like, I really tried to challenge this stupid, now slightly sweaty, sluggish Swami. And as I did, I began to get a little sweaty myself. And as I went round and round in cycles with the imbecilic, completely ridiculous wannabe Rishi, I realised that I wasn't actually sweating at all, you see. I was bleeding in my jeans on my brethren's sofa just south of 117th Street. I was the walking proof of a Western woman who had exercised her right to choose. And they told me I should probably expect some bleeding. But my mind had always been two steps ahead of my body and my body had been holding on so I hadn't experienced anything other than the weight of our decision, the relief and the grief of it. But in that moment, sat on that sofa, I smiled for the first time in a week. And I let the ramblings of this unfortunate, ignorant, infantile boy blow away with the Harlem wind. And I thought to myself, I'm going to be here in the spring. Wow. That's a powerful piece, Zoe. Thank you. I'm, I'm really impressed, and I think there's a lot of courage in you, your work, and also in just you now talking uh, openly about making a decision that you did. Yeah. It's very hard for women, any woman to do, and certainly not on the radio. Yeah. Yeah, it's, um, being a Brit, it's, um, it's kind of staggering to me, the, the difference between how the, um, the topic of abortion is viewed in the UK versus how it is here. So, you know, just so you know, in, in the UK, and hopefully this will remain, we're not sure with the current state of affairs there, but if a woman seeks to terminate a pregnancy before 12 weeks, um, not only can she do that for free and on the National um, Health Service, but she's also offered free counselling afterwards because the state recognises that no matter what the reason, it's actually a very difficult decision to arrive to and it can be traumatic, um, you know, whatever the circumstances. Whereas here, you're not offered free counselling, you're not offered that procedure for free and now there are even, you know, state by states, the laws are being changed to prevent women from even having access to terminations. Um, so it's, it's kind of staggering to me the difference between the two countries that I call home with this topic. Yeah, definitely. And I was thinking uh, that you were, I saw you while we were listening, you were sparring, remembering the boxing moves, and <laughs> you've used your own gloves in your work, but you're also presenting at Soundscape tonight at mm -hmm. 6, um, a, a piece called One Round in yeah. uh, Surround Sound. Let's tell people about that. Yeah, so that's um, it's a three-minute sound piece. They present the um, the sound art in this surround sound space, so you have the ability to make your piece travel across six speakers. Um, and simply put, it's the sound of a speed bag being hit repetitively. Um, a bell is sounded, and then in one speaker, you start to hear this kind of. And it, um, it then grows and 
floods into all six speakers so that when you're stood in the middle, it becomes this um, crescendo. Um, and then when the bell sounds, it drops off from all six. So it's, it's really simple. Um, it's For me, it's, it's about marrying... Um, the boxing gym and the strength and the endurance and the sort of testosterone heavy environment in a boxing gym to female centric experiences like childbirth um, because I you know I believe that um, what women go through requires as much if not more endurance and strength and power that um, being a, a professional athlete requires. We're pretty amazing. <laughs> Absolutely. I want to uh, introduce and say hello to Omar Lopez-Shahu, who's the artistic nice director oh, cool. of uh, Untitled Art Fair. And I know he's thrilled, like I am, to have you here with us today. I wanted you to know about this project she's working on in New York right now mm-hmm. with um, another artist, Natalie Frank, mm-hmm. at the Live Arts building in Chelsea. Uh, yeah, the New York Live Arts building in yes. Chelsea, a Bill T. Jones directed project, and he invited you to do a mural there. Uh-huh. Oh, that's great. Yeah, so we are fundraising, all right, I'm going to plug for a second, we're fundraising right now for this project. Um, we have a Kickstarter, we just started the Kickstarter, and the project is called We Hold These Truths to be Self-Evident. And um, it's it's a large mural in the lobby of the live art space. We have, it, the lobby has this giant wall, right? And um, and it's fronted by glass windows, so you can see it from the street. So our intention is to is to make something that's quite um, you know graphic and and something that that people can see from the street. So she's I'm collaborating with Natalie Frank, who's a painter. Um, she's going to paint a female form in a sort of reclining position, pretty abstract. And I'm working with text. And so I've been researching and gathering a bunch of statements that elected officials have made about women and women's bodies in the last few years. And the research was maddening and sick-making. Um, and so it's going to be a presentation of all of this text, almost coming out and around this woman's body but her body will be the top layer so she will obscure some of the text in places and it's important to us that that she, that she has the power ultimately but the things that people have said I mean you're going to share a couple of the yeah. statements that are going to be included yeah I'll share I am um, I won't bother trying to find them on my phone I do okay, remember some of them because they're so off memorable the, off the cuff okay. Because so I think it's interesting because we have some text-based projects here in Untitled that oh, yes. Omar is going to share. Yeah. But yeah, I'd love to hear about that. Let's let's hear a couple of the things yeah, that, that some you're going to end up <laughs> that will end up on this mural. Yeah, so in New you've York got City. Um, you've got this one. Rape is kind of like the weather. If it's inevitable, you should just relax and try and enjoy it. <gasps> I mean, these are elected officials. They're it's not choking. even. I mean, it's it's, it's, it's so shocking. They're not even yeah. just crazy dudes in their deck chairs mouthing off like these are men who have power um, that's one you've got the, the pretty well known statement um, that says if it's a legitimate rape uh, the female body has ways to just shut that whole thing down and he's talking about pregnancy that's the result of rape um, it's you, also the one about our 
the, yep. the you've one got, of course, grab them by the. Are we allowed to say that? No. Yes. Yeah. Yes. You can yeah, say you've got, whoever you've got, you want. Um, grab them by the pussy. And, um, and you've got if she wasn't able to satisfy her husband, yes. how yep. could she be? Yeah. If Hillary Clinton couldn't satisfy her husband, what makes her think she can satisfy America? You've got even if a, you've Donald got. Oh my Trump God! It's outrageous. Donald Trump. Yeah, Donald Trump. Donald Trump. Also from Donald Trump, you could see she had blood coming out of her eyes, blood coming out of her whatever. Um, oh no! Oh my God! It's <laughs> right? unbelievable. Oh my God! Yes. Um, then there's there's just one more that I want to share, which is um, even if it's something to the effect of even if a pregnancy is the result of a rape, I believe that it is something that God intended. Oh, actually, I just remembered, I think, possibly the worst one. I'm so sorry to ramble on. I think this is the worst one. He said, um, this is a politician in, I think, Maine, said, um, if a woman has the right to an abortion, why shouldn't a man have the right to exercise his superior strength against women and force himself on her? At least in that case, rape doesn't usually result in someone's death. That's not a direct quote, it's something to the effect of that, but it is outrageous. And so this, this mural will be on the facade or an interior wall what's, of... What's the exact address uh, in New York for the mural? It is um, it's live art. I think it's on West 19th Street in Chelsea. In Chelsea. Yeah. So it's, it's quotes from elected leaders. Is it uh, visible from the High Line? I don't think so, because I think it's more between 6th and 7th Avenue. Oh, I see. So yeah. it's, it's off Chelsea. Further in, yeah. Yeah, yeah but look, if, if it looks good, help us take it elsewhere, you know. That's it. That's yeah. it. Help us take it to Texas. Zoe <laughs> <laughs> so, so was involved with the, or has been involved with For Freedoms with Hank Willis Thomas. Oh, great. Doing billboard yeah, great. project and um, park bench project in New York with Monique Malosh. Yeah. And uh, so... Tell us a little bit more about what political projects people are seeing in Untitled. I, I just give you an example, and you can see it from here, from the radio station. Is the piece just down below is by Noemi Scandell, mm -hmm. and this piece is from 1995. She's an Argentinian artist that was active during the 70s and 80s and 90s. And um, basically what it is, is empty uh, pieces of paper, as you can see, and people can write the news of the day that they would like to hear. Mm. So they can interact and write not um, what they would like to hear in the news. And it's been very popular. It's Trump, deport, Trump deported. Exactly, oh, killed Trump. Hillary, Hillary just elected. Tragedy. <laughs> Trump dropped dead. Oh no. God. Dakota, Dakota pipeline so, canceled. So, so, so basically, uh, it is a political work because uh, people do express their uh, concerns and and what they want to hear. So I think it's a fantastic work. Yeah. Uh, we do have also a number of other works, Rick Dricti Rabanija, uh, teacher, and, and actually Thomas Bu, because mm -hmm. it's a collaboration between Rick Trick and Thomas, and uh, it's the t-shirt stand where they have uh, slogans that they're printing daily. Mm -hmm. um, people can actually 
get him at, at the fair. Um, oh wow! So there are a number they're of really different. Cool. They're really cool. They're different uh, slogans and different images, and you can pick the one that you want, mm -hmm. and they will print it for you. I've always been a big proponent of test-based work yeah. because I think yeah. it really. And, and if you go around, you see in different booths how yeah. you know a number of works that also. Um, deal with political messages yeah. and I think we're living in a time that you cannot ignore that mm -hmm. it's a very exactly. strange moment yeah. Right yeah this might be a time for like a call to action how are we feeling about the world we're in and I've read somewhere you wrote I'm really not in the moment to feel better and heal I really want us to get out there and get our hands dirty mm -hmm. yeah. and make <laughs> yeah. statements do work uh -huh. that's going to be heard yeah I, I think I feel like we really need to feel uncomfortable right now as a country and I think um, I, I don't I, I really appreciate and I don't judge people who are like oh you know we, let's feel good let's love each other and I, I you know I, I'm more of the mindset of like this shit hurts there's so much hurt and we and it's and it's really there needs to be many uncomfortable conversations as we look at Absolutely. how this happened. You know? I, I'm with you. Right. I, I agree, right. and I think your position is the position that could actually make some changes. Yeah. We all love each other, yeah. obviously, yeah. and and uh, we but we have to have a, a take a more active uh, mm -hmm. position uh, in this with the the, the situation that is uh, waiting for us. Yeah. Um, I, I agree. I, I think um, I think a, a, any single um, action could actually help ease some of the pain. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah. yeah, I think as an artist community, I think the art market is really important to mm -hmm. show. I hope everyone's doing really well here. Yeah, me too. We need to show uh, the importance of art. Mm -hmm. Uh, we need to value it even more than ever. I think I think it's a time that art is going to flourish. Yeah. I think um, I mean it's not the best way to to say well um, I should flourish under these circumstances. Mm -hmm. I wish it, it was, this was all a bad dream yes. and that it never happened. Yeah. But I think artists are always on the forefront of a, a lot of things yeah. and. And I think through art, they're going to be able to to have a voice, yeah. a voice that would definitely um, um, will definitely um, make people uh, prehave uh, hear what you know what what's going on right now, how things can be shifted eventually to a more um, acceptable mm -hmm. uh, situation for everyone. Yeah. So I don't think it is acceptable what just happened. Uh -huh. I find it to be a, a, a really um, a sad and a scary moment that there are people that support and think that way. Mm -hmm. um, I, I always had a lot of hopes after Obama that things were going to open up even more in America, and America be America, mm -hmm. no, yeah. no this sort of, um, funny enough, um, his wife is an immigrant, mm -hmm. <laughs> to begin with that, and, yeah. and, and it's, it's just really uh, crazy uh, that he takes this position, when, yeah. when he needs to look at his own um, 
his own personal situation. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, funnily enough, just to what you were saying, I was um, since the election, I've I've had almost more opportunities coming my way, even in what was it been three weeks, two weeks, and because um, my work's always been um, feminist centric, right, and and political, yeah. and so it kind of pisses me off that this has been good for my career because I, I honestly and I'm, I'm happy to have more opportunities to share my work and I want to take my message further and I want to collaborate and for us to all go further and, and speak louder um, but I did I rather smugly um, uh, imagined that the piece that's hanging at Pulse right now that we were just discussing I felt that it would today because I just assumed that Hillary Clinton would be president I, I thought that it would feel it would have this jubilant feeling to it and that the sculpture would be um, you know empowering and people would be like yay we did it we did that and actually it's that's not the reception of it because that's not what happened um, we're still in fight mode we're even more in fight mode and it's very bittersweet to be sharing that piece right now because it's right. I right. thought that the meaning would change and that it would be almost less relevant today. And, and I think it's an insult to women. Mm -hmm. This is an insult to women. Somebody who uh, talks about women that way mm -hmm. shouldn't be an example to the generations to yeah. come. It's, yeah, and it's the way he talks about people of color. Of, uh, I mean, I just gave the example yeah. of women, but yeah. of course. Yeah. All, it's just, all, yeah. All, yeah. all these situations we're yeah. having to deal with that we hadn't imagined was our near future, right. our far future. We just didn't see this coming. Uh, I think this might be a moment to remind people that there will be a women's march in Washington, D.C. on January 22nd. And we should all meet there. I'm going. I, I have my bus ticket. I'm taking my daughter. She's five, and she's really excited. And, and I was, I, I was so excited to see a woman president in this country. I know people have issues with Hillary, but I thought that that was that we were making progress by having somebody who's actually smart. I yeah. mean, yeah. And yeah, and actually, so, just yeah. with the world in mind, with yeah. the entire world in mind, and we just have to be strong, everyone. Listeners, I want to say thank you to my guest, Zoe Buckman. Thank and you, both of you. Omar. Thank you. Lopez Shahu, thank you so much and, for uh, being here with me today. Thank you, Kathy. Kathy, I wanted to say thank you, and you're an amazing uh, host. Oh, <laughs> you know, it's my great pleasure to have the opportunity to bring these conversations on the air. And I look forward to sharing my last show with the world tomorrow. Uh, last show at Untitled, shall we say? Untitled uh, 1 Radio. Tomorrow, <laughs> Untitled Radio uh, with Winwood Radio. Stay tuned for more conversations with Fresh Art International. <laughs>